We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is January 22nd, 2024. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, the undershirtless, Luke mm-hmm. Sylvia. Luke, what is going on, my man? The Orlando Magic secured a win against the Heat tonight, so I couldn't be better. And We are back. We are back. Franz Wagner, that is why we are wearing the Stars Franz Wagner jersey tonight in honor of his return. And... It it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better than to beat the Miami Heat, especially when both teams essentially fully healthy. We've had our issues the past couple games with Miami. Wasn't an issue tonight. Blow them out. Lowest total of the year for them at whatever that was, 87 points, something like that. Magic are uh, are scary when healthy. We'll we'll talk about uh, the last two games, obviously the Philadelphia game and then the the Heat game from some Sunday night. But after we got whooped by Philly on Friday, all day Saturday, all I could think about is like we just like having to watch Trey Young and Joel Embiid, like the king of kings of all foul merchants across the NBA, having to watch those guys Wednesday and then Friday, and then going to Saturday with like the bitter taste of that loss. And then I'm like, and tomorrow we play the freaking heat at home. Like I, I really genuinely was not prepared for what it would have felt like to lose to the heat tonight. And thankfully we didn't have to, to deal with that. They, they got the win. They took care of that. Luke, you and I sat here essentially a week ago at this very moment. And we were looking at the schedule from this week, New York on Monday, Atlanta on Wednesday, Philly on Friday, Miami on Sunday. And we said, whatever happens, I don't care how you do it. You have to find a way to win two games this week. You have to go two and two. And we were a DeJounte Murray buzzer beater away from going to overtime and potentially going three and one on the week. So feeling pretty good. You and I talk about this. We talked about my, we're we're comparing this to my golf game from yesterday. I went out and played and you said, how did you do? I said, 
I did okay. I did much better on the back nine than I did the front nine. Therefore, I, I leave the golf course in a good mood. And you liken that to the podcast where I always feel better recording a win, uh, recording a podcast after a win. Mm-hmm. So it's the exact same way. Daddy's got new irons on the way, but new to wow. me, new to me. Very Perfect. excited about that. Won't help the game at all, but I'm I'm pumped for that. So I'm in an overall good mood, especially after beating the Heat. How can you not be? All right, folks. Uh, those of you that are part of our Patreon and are either the Hall of Fame or Elite tier, don't forget this Thursday, uh, January 25th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, is going to be our next uh, Patreon exclusive Zoom. Uh, so be sure that you guys come in and hang out for that. We're hoping for a good turnout. Just hang out with Magic fans. And sometimes we talk Magic basketball and sometimes we talk Magic basketball and fill in the blank, whatever you want to talk about. One time we talked about somebody literally getting vaporized <laughs> and I've never been able to forget that. So um, yeah, be sure that if you're in our Hall of Fame or Elite tiers in our Patreon, be sure that you're coming to hang out with us this Thursday. And if you're not, if you are in our Patreon, you're not Hall of Fame or Elite, you can go ahead and upgrade that right now at patreon.com slash the six man show. And if you're not part of our Patreon, again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And we'll talk a little bit more about Patreon in just a bit. NBA uh, All-Star voting, folks, has ended. Uh, Third returns, very, very good for Paolo Bancaro. So right now he's eighth in the Eastern Conference in front court voting. 541,669 nice votes uh, in, in total for Paolo through the third returns. Finishing above a New York Knick, who's been playing really at like an all NBA level so far this season. Julius Randle, obviously Mikhail Bridges, Kyle Kuzma is no longer on that list. So uh, overall, did very, very well. If you look around the league at other guys that Paolo finished ahead of, Luke, Chet Holmgren, Damana Sabonis, Darren Fox, Ja Morant, which I, I, I get and you know the suspension plays into that, but Devin Booker, Austin Reeves, LaMelo Ball, Drew Holiday, Derek White, DeMar DeRozan. Not too bad for our uh, second year uh, stud there, Paolo. It, you almost were waiting like you, you look at Kuzma dropping out of the voting and it's like it, but it wasn't Paolo, but it felt like that was a possibility in my mind of just that he just kind of falls out of that top 10 there. And then we're just kind of left thinking like he probably won't make it. But with him being, you know, what is he eighth now? All, you know, and that counts for, what is it? 50%? Is 50%. that right? It's a big, big amount. Then what it's, it's uh is it players 25 media 25 or something like that? For the starters. Yes. But I'm almost positive that, like Paolo is not going to be voted as a starter. Like that of would course. that would genuinely be crazy. Yeah. What we're going to be looking for is is the reserves, which is the the coaches right. around the league vote on the the reserves. Okay, so that's just coaches. That's good. I'm glad we're all learning here tonight. Right. And you, I mean, you, so the fan vote's great in terms of just like honestly recognition. Doesn't hurt that you just it, keep it's seeing the, the keep Andrew seeing Wiggins name. rule is why they've implemented all this kind of stuff. So the Andrew Wiggins thing doesn't ever happen again. Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. So, yeah, and then what? We find out here in a couple couple Thursdays if uh, if Paolo's going to be making it as a reserve. That's, man, it's good. To, we, don't, we don't play that night. So that's all we're going to be doing. 
checking our phones, checking our screens, see if he's an all-star. That is correct. So the starters are going to be announced this Thursday on Inside the NBA on TNT. And then the following Thursday, which is February 1st, uh, usually around like 7 o'clock, that broadcast will start. So we are going to be hanging out on playback that night. It's tricky because you want to wait for the broadcast, but going back through Shams's you know Twitter feed, it seems like he is usually at least a few minutes before the like official broadcast announcement. So we're going to be on playback a little bit ahead of the broadcast. Hopefully, Shams doesn't spoil it too early, and we can all react to what like I think it's a foregone conclusion that Paolo Bancaro is going to be you know made an all-star reserve by the the coaches around the league. So for all of us to be able to react to Paolo and, and potentially even Franz, you know, Franz has, you know, a couple weeks here, you know, at least a week or so to make his case. Franz never gets hurt. I, I think there's a, a small chance that the Magic have two all-stars. But the fact that right now they're eighth in the Eastern Conference, like had we stayed healthy, and stuck mm-hmm. around that four, five, six, somewhere around there. I think there would have been a legitimate chance for us to have two all stars. But the fact that we've fallen a little bit in the standings and haven't been playing that well the last couple of weeks, I think recency bias is going to, you know, t- take a, a effect here. And I, I don't think Franz is 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 going to get voted in, but he could. But we'll definitely at least be able to react, hopefully as a group, to Paolo Bancaro making his first NBA All Star game, first of many. So very much looking forward to that. All right. Now to the state of the magic. This week, the magic went two and two, which we talked about was an absolute necessity. Boys got it done. Shout out to them. Good for us. Two and two with a win over the Knicks on Monday, a loss to the Hawks on Wednesday, a loss to Philly on Friday at home, and a win over the Heat on Sunday. Uh, They currently sit eighth in the Eastern Conference with a record of 23 and 20. They're now 10 games back of Boston, six and a half games back of second place Milwaukee, six games back of third place Philadelphia, three and a half games back of Cleveland, who we play tonight. As you all are listening to this, if you're listening on Monday, three games back of the Knicks, a game and a half back of Indiana, a game back of the Miami Heat after tonight's win over them. We are two and a half games up on Chicago, four and a half games up on Atlanta, Five and a half games up on Brooklyn and seven games up on the Toronto Raptors, who, you know, it, it, their win loss record is probably just going to continue to deteriorate now that they've made the moves that they have. On the season, the Magic are 24th in the NBA in offensive rating. They are fifth on the year in the NBA in defensive rating, and they now sit at 14th in net rating with a net rating of 1.1. Taking a look at the injury report, Luke. Almost a clean slate. Franz Wagner returned to the lineup Sunday after missing the past eight games with an ankle sprain. Gary Harris has now missed the past nine games with a calf strain, which Gary Harris missed a couple of games to a calf strain, came, bla- came back, played like a game and a half, re-aggravated the calf strain, and now he's been out nine games. So who knows how much longer Gary is going to be out with this. Don't really know, but it Still could be a while. Haven't really heard much in, in the way of updates uh, in, as it regards to Gary Harris, Luke. And then a uh, little bit of magic news, I guess. Our boy Franz Wagner making the appearance on JJ Reddick's podcast, Old Man in the Three. It was fun. I feel like the, the whole point of those, it's, it's too 
introduce these guys more into like the not casual fans, but like not you don't learn a lot about the guy if you're already like a diehard of that mm-hmm. team. Like I didn't learn a ton about Franz Varner per se in this, but it's cool that he's getting like that level of exposure to people around the league that watch and listen JJ's pod to, to JJ's podcast that don't necessarily watch and follow the magic. The coolest thing that I took away was Franz's mindset and how humble he is. There's a point where JJ starts asking him coming into last your rookie year, not last season, coming into your rookie year, did you have any idea that you would become one of the guys? And Franz tries to answer and JJ like keeps expounding upon his question and kind of cuts off what I felt like was going to be a cool moment. But Franz, you could see like the camera that cuts to him. And as soon as JJ says like, did you have any idea? He, he just smiled and said, no, like he just no idea. And in those moments, it was just refreshing because NBA players, as much as we want to think that they're not a, a lot of NBA players have huge egos They've been the best their entire life, right? I I know myself in that position. I'd probably be just as bad. Yeah, you'd have a massive head. (laughs) Yeah. So I it was just refreshing for to hear Franz just be like, no, I didn't because in that moment a lot of guys probably been like, Yeah, I knew. Or I always knew. Anthony Edwards is like, oh yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of people. It Palo, probably, right? Like he was number one pick, obviously, a little more obvious for Palo, but Right, these guys expect it. Franz Wagner was like, I. He said a lot of cool things that were really humble sounding and whatever, but that was my favorite moment. Just like quick moment that might have been missed by some people. Loved him talking about the difference between international ball and and playing in the U.S. Talked about why like Germany had success in FIBA, essentially alluding to the fact that. USA team like players are changing all the time and in Germany they've been playing together for a while they get it and he he also talked to like expounded on playing the pick and roll and I think he said he didn't play in the pick and roll until he was like what 14 or 15 which he had played a lot of basketball even before that right so just kind of speaks to just the, the crazy differences and just that your like international ball is just very and European ball is, is is very team oriented. I'm not going to try to drop 30, 40 points. We're just going to try to get the win. And Franz Wagner very much is that way. And to be honest, because of Franz Wagner, because of Mo Wagner, it makes you want more guys from that aren't from the USA on your team because they are just unselfish. They want to just win. And at the end of the day, you can know that your star or whoever is on your team contributing is super, super humble because they were raised like playing the sport that way. So it was just a breath of fresh air for me. Already knew Franz was that way, but to see him kind of affirm that and reaffirm it on a stage like JJ Reddick's podcast was awesome. To me, one of the the biggest takeaways, the, the, the part where they were talking about just like the difference between like the the youth systems in mm-hmm. the states versus Germany and Europe and talking about how like it's it's sexy like it's it's glorified uh to to be a bucket getter 
you know, in, in the States. Like everybody wants to be Anthony Edwards or growing up, you know, Tracy McGrady or Kobe Bryant or whoever. And Franz talked about, you know, getting up in the middle of the night and, you know, watching Dwayne Wade and, and things like that. But obviously it didn't really model his game after Dwayne Wade. And it's just a hearing him talk about developing through the Alba Berlin system and just the emphasis on moving without the ball and you know, the mm-hmm. fundamentals and how much they worked on footwork and you know other um, parts of his development, it almost seems like guys coming over from Europe, like if, if you've properly had a chance to evaluate their talent, like a guy like Franz Wagner who played at Alba Berlin, but then came over and played in like the, the US you know, college system, and you, you could see where he stacked up against other you know, real legitimate NBA prospects. It almost feels like those guys have like a lower floor. Like maybe the ceiling isn't going to be as high. But if you look at a guy like Jalen Green, you know, who's now in like his third year, and I mean, I was as high on Jalen Green as, as anybody because the kid is just like a bucket getter. But there's a lot of you know, flaws in his game that are, are making themselves to be you know, a lot more apparent. And he doesn't have really a, a real impact on winning basketball. So that was the biggest takeaway for me is like, we've talked about how the talent level between the United States and uh, a lot of these European countries, especially like the talent gap is shrinking more than it ever has. And it's closer than it ever has been. And you look around the league right now and the best players are, are European, you know, you, or, or, you know, international, I guess, you know, you've got Joel, you've got Jokic, you've got Giannis, you've got Luca, you got Franz, baby. I mean, I think that trend is just going to continue. And I, I really hope at some point, I don't think it's going to happen, but I really think at some point, like NBA basketball from top to bottom, like even like the, the AAU, you know, culture, like takes a look at, hey, maybe we need to rethink the way that we're doing this. Because again, the gap has just been closing and closing for years. But I thought it was a, a dope interview. Obviously, hearing Franz talk about the magic, Nothing really like stuck like stuck out to me or like surprised me about that at all. Um, but to hear JJ like rant and rave about Jalen Suggs like towards the end of their conversation mm-hmm. was really cool. And I, I think back and then we'll we'll move on here to actually our our jam of the week. But I think back to draft night. Maybe it was draft night, or maybe it was when we were doing kind of our content or we we're looking at prospects. The buzz around Franz Wagner, or the the word on him was, he doesn't do anything elite, but he does everything well. He's going to make those around him better, and it all makes sense because of of how he grew up and how he would play basketball. He even talked about his time at Michigan, like his role was not at all like go get a bucket. That wasn't his role at all because it wasn't asked. So I think it's just really awesome that if you do all the little things right, he's he's Jamal Mosley's just like key example of what he wants, right? Like do the little things right. Be a good decision maker. Make the right play and just do what you're told. And the Magic have told Franz Wagner, hey, you're one of our top options, the top two. We need you to go get a bucket sometimes. Get this team going. And Franz Wagner just simply is doing what he what he wants like what what not what he wants what the team wants right so re- really cool once again to see him there now jonathan i want to take you 
back just a couple hours ago. Jonathan Isaac for the jam of the week. And this one, the magic and the heater tied. I think it was 22 apiece. Yes, 22 apiece. Anthony Black gets the ball, drives to the hoop, gets his feet in the paint, kick out to Jonathan Isaac on the corner. J.I. gives Kyle Lowry a nice pump flyby. J.I. goes in. Wendell Carter Jr. does a great job sealing Haywood Highsmith. Y'all can make your own judgment call about how, how just how good that ceiling was. Might have gotten away with a hook. Doesn't matter. Jonathan Isaac pulls it back behind his head and jams it home. From this point forward, Jonathan, the Magic would not relinquish the lead. You go up 24-22, and I think that that makes that all worthwhile for it to be the Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week. It happens. J.I. slams it home. Go up 24-22. You are never trailing to the Heat the rest of the game. Our friends at Jam Hot were at this game and had like a first-person perspective to that dunk, so shout out to Jam. Incredible. Now, like we said, that was your Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week. Now I just want to talk to you about Jam Hot Chicken. Located at 400 West New England Avenue, Suite 13 in Hannibal Square there in Winter Park. They have the best chicken. You've heard us talk about it. If you're a first-time listener, welcome in. They've got the best chicken sandwich. We're not overhyping it. It is that good. Simple. If you like hot, get the mild, the first tier of, of hotness, essentially. It's still an enjoyable, enjoyable sandwich, and you get the kick. It's the best of both worlds. Now, go do that. Check them out. Let them know we sent you. Get you some fries, and uh, you can ask them to put some of their comeback sauce on it, which is like their signature sauce. Super awesome. That's request only, so do that. I saw them post about that today, actually. Go do that. Go check out Jam Hot Chicken. You can find them um, online, jamhotchickenfl.com. Uh, you can also go to just find them on social media. And I believe it's at Jam Hot Chicken on all social media. So go check them out. Let them know we sent you. Get yourself a Sando, the box, the fries, or the comeback sauce, whatever you want. It's all incredible. Nice little cheer wine there as well. Which they, you don't, you do don't always find everywhere. Wine. You can't find that everywhere. But that cheer wine always has the spot. Love it. All right. I don't want to go back to Friday to talk mm-hmm. about this game, but... We talk about all the games, and it was on the slate, unfortunately. So let's go back uh, to this game against Philadelphia. So cut right to it. Uh, Magic lost this one 124-109. to And Joel Embiid, just quite frankly, unstoppable. Um, the Magic didn't really have a, a say-so in the matter. If he fell on one of our guys, it was a foul. If he threw one of our guys to the ground, it was a foul on our guy that fell. Um it, the Magic also just didn't really have an answer for him defensively. And it, he, he just had his way 36 points, seven rebounds. And then Tyrese Maxey, who's been playing really well against the Magic all year, 32 points. Uh, for the Magic, it just comes down to really the fact they gave up too many second chance opportunities for Philadelphia. Philly had uh, 16 offensive rebounds, and the Magic con- uh, committed 16 turnovers to Philadelphia's seven. You go back and you you look at the summary of this game, Luke. It feels like it should be much closer. Uh, Philadelphia outscored the Magic forty six to forty two in the paint, and the Magic outscored Philly sixty nine to twenty six in terms of bench points. Looking at that, you're like, okay, this must have been a, a pretty close game, and it really it just it was not all that close. 
Uh, Magic ended up throwing it in the towel in the you know last you know, four or five minutes of this game. We saw some Treble and Queen. Saw some Kevon Harris for the first time this year. And we saw Jed Howard for the first time in, in quite a long time. Offensively, Magic just didn't totally really have it going, um, except one guy in particular, Wendell Carter Jr., finished the night with 25 points, 11 rebounds in just 26 minutes. So the return of the, the Wend Daddy, mm-hmm. probably his best game of the season. You know, didn't need to knock down a bunch of threes, but uh, again, was still filling up the stat sheet. And yeah, it just feels like Philadelphia has our number the last couple of years. Like when I go back to last November, we had that like weekend series against Philly with like no Joel, no James Harden, no Tyrese Maxey. They still smacked us around. Played them a couple of weeks ago, no Joel Embiid, just Tyrese Maxey, and they sl- smacked us around. Joel Embiid comes back, they have Joel, they have Tyrese Maxey, and they smack us around again. So really unfortunate. Uh, anytime that we're seeing Philadelphia, on the uh, the old schedule this season, I don't really feel great about it, Luke. And this was like the 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 pits of despair. I feel like this was one of the lowest points of the season for me because, like, Markel's back, Wendell's back, still no Franz, right? No Franz. Didn't really have a good idea for when he was going to be back, and it was another game of the starting lineup of Paolo, Jalen, Chuma. Caleb and Goga. And it was so obviously not working in that first half. Magic were down. Let me see what was the the, the score total at the end of the first half here. Magic we're, were down 68 to 60. Mm-hmm. Almost gave up 70 points in that first half. Caleb was a minus five, a plus minus. Paolo a minus 13. Goga a minus 14. Chuma a minus 12. Jalen a minus 12. Almost everybody on the bench unit besides Cole, had a, a positive plus minus. And I was just telling myself at the half, like we have had more than enough sample size that this unit with these five guys does not work. As long as we trot any other lineup out at the beginning of the second half, I'll be okay with it. And sure enough, we saw that same freaking uh, starting five lineup to start the second half. And I was like, we're, we're going nowhere. Until Franz comes back, this team is absolutely going nowhere. And I mean, I, I guess I was technically right. We, that was the last game that we didn't have Franz. Then he comes back and we're back. We went mm-hmm. somewhere. In fact, we went to being back. So uh, this Philadelphia game was just a whole bunch of not fun at all. And it not only ruined my Friday night, but also ruined a lot of my mental state on Saturday. The, the only thing it did for me was make me more confused about what I want to happen at the trade deadline with Wendell Carter Jr. having the game that he had. He goes six of he goes one of two from the three point line. He gets to the free throw line, shoots seven free throws, six of seven from the line, nine of thirteen from the field. Like you said, twenty five and eleven. One of he was the only positive plus minus, and I don't think that's a coincidence. He was the reason that he had a plus two. Sometimes guys just benefit from being the supporting cast and with with stars on the four, as we know, to have a good plus minus. Wendell Carter Jr made me rethink some things, right? Because it gets to that point, you're like, man, Wendell Carter Jr., I I just was talking about him getting dealt at the deadline, but I don't know. He's clearly, from this game and what he offers offensively, he's better than Gogo Bataze. But 
I said something to the group chat about it. I just said, when daddy's back or something like that. And your response was something to the effect of, but he's got to stay healthy. I was like, you're so right. You're so right. Like it's not about Wendell's ability. Yeah. It's not it's not about that. Now, does he like necessarily is he the best fit next to Powell and Franz? I don't know. I would love it if Wendell was three inches taller and had three, four more inches on his vertical. Like that would be right. th- then we wouldn't have any problems at all. But overwhelmingly with Wendell, it's like, okay, well, when is the next plantar fasciitis or knee tendonitis or mm-hmm whatever coming with Wendell like to me that's always going to be the thing like how much can you count on a guy who you don't know that you're going to get more than 60 games a year out of yeah I it is tough it's tough and it I mean the reason that the outlook our outlook is similar for deadline is like our thoughts are we won't be surprised if Markel Fultz or Wendell Carter Jr. get dealt and You've got pretty good options behind them, right? I wouldn't mind Anthony Black getting run. I wouldn't mind Goga getting run for the rest of the season, right? It, nobody's saying that this is a permanent thing. With Anthony Black, hopefully it is. Gogo Bataze, I don't think that's a permanent thing. It's kind of a filler if you do deal Dell. But the common denominator here is just that Fulton Wendell make sense because they're always injured. They're not available. And like you said, it's not so much about ability, especially with Wendell. And Markel Fultz, we'll talk about him in the Heat game. He was a great difference maker in the Heat game. But when when are they going to get hurt again? And it stinks. It, it does stink that that's the case with both of them because I'm a big fans of both of them as people. And so it, it stinks, but we'll see. Nevertheless, Wendell Carter Jr. puts his stamp on this game against the Sixers and then Gets to see himself in the starting lineup against the Miami Heat, retaining his rightful spot. I think a, an issue with the the Magic this year, and I don't, I hate like so there are a couple of games this year that are absolutely on the officials, right? Like going back to like the Sacramento game, that game was absolutely on the officials. There was a game last week, I forget which one it was, but I know I was all hot and bothered about it that I legitimately like the officials had a way too big of a hand in that game. The 76ers game, as gross as the officiating was when it comes to Joel Embiid, this game was not on officiating. But what bothers me, is because this what this did play a factor in this game, is that the officials often don't let the magic match the physicality of the team that they're playing. Like Joel Embiid plays with a ton of physicality offensively. If you try to match his physicality and you're getting the whistle, you have no shot of guarding a guy like that. It, it just is what it is. If he's got the physical advantage and then he's going to get the whistle if you breathe on him, you have no shot of of guarding a guy like that. Even straight up, it's it's going to be difficult enough. And it reflects in a game like this where you are out-rebounded on the offensive glass, you know, 16 to 11 and you're out-rebounded 42 to 36. To beat Philly, you're absolutely going to have to to crash the glass. And when when the battle, because we just don't have the offensive, you know, superstars that Joel Embiid and, and Tyrese Maxey are, right? Like, you know, Paolo is fantastic. He's in his second year. He's coming into his own. Is he capable of having a game like Joel had or like Tyrese Maxey had? 
Absolutely. But those guys are, are doing it night in and night out right now. Like Tyrese has been incredible. Joel, obviously playing at a, you know, MVP level again. But if the, the officials don't let the magic match that level of physicality, I thought that's what also contributed to obviously the 29 free throws that Philadelphia had. But then you look at the magic and the magic had 27. So at least that whistle was sort of going both ways. Um, but just our, inability to do anything to Joel and, and Tyrese and then Philadelphia's offensive rebounding. This is a real problem. And to a lot of people's point, like Joel Embiid is a playoff dropper because he doesn't get these same calls as he does in the regular season. So I don't know. It was annoying. Hopefully this is the last game that we can go and eh, we're not really totally healthy. So it's not that big of a deal because it is tough to totally evaluate and analyze these games if, again, Caleb Houston is getting 15 minutes, if Chuma Okeke is getting 20 minutes, and then Trevel and Kevon Jed Howard all getting three minutes. Like that, this thing's, you know, when we're healthy, that just won't be happening. Now, we talked about this a little earlier. Um, let's mention Patreon. So, Patreon um, is a platform where our listeners help support us do everything that we do. They literally keep the lights on, allow us to do giveaways, upgrade equipment, have these you know, Patreon Zoom calls, all that kind of stuff. So if you're a listener you know, to the show for any amount of time and you like what we do and you want to get involved and you want to like actually legitimately be the reason that we're able to do this, I would encourage you to go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash the six man show. And just take a look at the different tiers that we have and the different benefits that are available with each tier. Uh, pick which one you know might work best for you. If it's a little, if it's a lot, we appreciate everybody the same. Uh, we give brand new patrons uh, a brand new shout out each time that we have them. Uh, and then we give a shout out to our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons on each and every episode. So I'm going to go ahead and start with our guys, uh, Kyle and Peach over at Court Cousins. Best friend of the program, Drew Gooden, Armin. Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, normal Magic player history, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch, Dave, Paolo and Franz's Warmth, Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Silvia, El, uh, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Bill Fulton, Emin Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Freakin, Shahin177, Bobby the Don, Himlo, Ben Himro, RM Prof 221, Magic Kid 714, Mysterious Mosley. That's a new one, Mysterious Mosley. Soft Taco, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only France, Maria, Keith Walls, Fritz Currency, Kev, Bruv Sal, Casey Green, Santi Leon, Kane Eckler, The Distract, Ahmad Timsa, Chansu, Tom Gadsden, Dead Air, Richard Tuttle, Jeremiah Quintero, Barstool Magic, Debo 1980. A big thank you to all of our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sunday night, the dirty, stinking, freaking heat came to Orlando. Luke talked a little bit about the the despair that I was feeling Saturday ahead of this game. And for parts of Sunday, like I, I think I tweeted into the group chat yesterday like can't wait to play the heat tomorrow and kevin's like we're gonna win that game like we we have to win that game somehow i wasn't feeling overly optimistic going into this game until we got word today that franz wagner was going to be the game time decision we heard yesterday that he was going to be questionable but we know what questionable means with this team you just you, you can't put any any sort of you know thought into that you just have to wait and see what happens when we heard he was a game time decision today I was like, okay, we're just saying, unless something crazy happens during pregame warmups, Franz is going to play, was back in the lineup. And the return of the lineup that we haven't seen, I think, since, uh, what was that, November 2nd, I think it was when we played the Utah Jazz of Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, Wendell Carter Jr. Luke, what were your thoughts seeing that lineup? Uh, that it was going to be implemented again to start this game against Miami. I was pretty confused by it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I guess that like the 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 re-emergence or whatever you want to call it of Markel Fultz and Wendell Carter Jr. Those just like perfectly align with Franz's return. I guess I don't know. Because what they both played like twenty plus minutes, Kellen and and Dell last game, but they didn't start. And so coming into this one, I I, I was thinking Franz is gonna you know if, obviously if Franz is healthy, he's gonna start. And then I was thinking he probably takes the spot of of Caleb, and then Chuma starts as well and they just keep rolling out the no point guard look to start the game which has been a head scratcher because you could have started Anthony Black but you just chose not to you wanted to do the Chuma and Caleb thing so I was just glad that was over that entire thing it just felt like you've seen the the I know you've seen the meme that Magic fans love to put out of just like the stormtroopers as the heads of the magic players, right? It's what it began to, to feel like with no disrespect, but you like get that reference. Cause I know you're not a star Wars guy. Yeah. Yeah. They can't shoot. Yeah. Okay. All I right, get the yeah, reference. Yeah. yeah. 
but I appreciate keeping me in, in check there. Um, yes, but no offense to, to Caleb and, and Chuma, especially Caleb, because I think Caleb, if he can become a consistent three-point shooter, could be a key factor to this team in the next few years. But seeing them get put out on the floor as a start in the starting group, it's just like, like, I don't even, just discouraging. You turn on the TV and that's the lineup, the graphic on the screen, the starters, and you're like, I, I don't, I don't even want to watch this game. It was fun when Chuma and Caleb were both hot. Don't get me wrong, but we knew that that was probably, especially for Chuma, probably just something that was going to run its course and that was going to be it. So somehow Franz coming back makes Mo's decide we're also going to put Cal in the starting lineup and Dell in the starting lineup. And we're just going to run it back. It's going to feel like opening night again, aside from Gary Harris being out still. Obviously, relieved is the word I would use when Franz gets ruled available. And then you just get to watch him just demoralize the heat all night. It was a ton of fun. That that group, healthy defensively, I tweeted out, I remember why we were number one in defensive rating for a little while. When fully healthy with that starting group, they're incredible. And I think Markel Fultz has somehow was even the probably the best I've seen him off-ball defending tonight. And he still was a good off-ball defender before that, but tonight he was outrageous. Yeah, the the whole the whole starting lineup uh, was was great tonight. Uh, to to be fair, uh, I think a lot of it has to do obviously with just like the size and the versatility of. Wendell, Paolo, Franz, like those guys being able to to switch basically onto anybody. And then you have Markel, who is a plus defender. You have Jalen, who is an elite defender. And I mean, I mean, we are still defending relatively well with the Anthony Black, Jalen Suggs, Paolo, Franz, Gogol lineup, you know, while, you know, Markel and, and Wendell were at, they were still playing at a, a super high level. But getting to you know, visualize the concept of this starting lineup again because we only saw it, you know, the first, you know, four, four and a half games, you know, something like that before guys started to go out. So I don't want to speak too much on like the philosophy of like where the team is at, what we're trying to do as we head up to get closer to the deadline. I think we can do that in, in a minute after we talk more about the game. Uh, but talking about the game, you know, Magic got out to a, a relatively you know, good start up by three after the first quarter. Like you talked about, the defense was astounding. Held Miami to 25% from the floor in that first quarter. Um, Miami shot a little bit better in that second quarter. Uh, Three of seven from behind the arc, six to seven from the free throw line, helped them get back into the game. Uh, Magic were only up two at the half because of that Caleb Martin buzzer beater to end the half. And then the Magic just blitz Miami uh, offensively in that third. Magic shot 56% from the floor, 3 of 6 from behind the arc, 10 of 10 at the free throw line, outscored Miami uh, 33 to 23 going into the fourth quarter. And then going into the fourth quarter, you're up 12. And I tweeted, like, the Magic have to win the next seven minutes, like, create some space. And then at the end of this game, you'll be able to rest the starters a little bit. And the Magic just followed up a, a great performance in the third with a great performance in the fourth quarter, not necessarily offensively, but defensively, you hold Miami to 35% in that fourth quarter, 
hold them to 18 points on your way to a 105 to 87 win. Uh, just big blowout. Uh, the guys got to sit, you know, the last few minutes of the game with Cole, Caleb, Treble, and Queen, Chuma, OKK, Jet Howard playing the last few minutes and, and closing out here. Anthony Black getting some burn in there as well. And not hearing a single Let's Go Heat chant in Amway against the Miami Heat. I yeah. genuinely can't remember the last time that that happened. And it was awesome. Big win. You called it Amway, but I'll let it slide. Oh, Kia. Um, I, you know what? Since the change, I think that is the first time that that's happened. Oh, perfect. I, this game, going into the fourth quarter up 12, like you said, I started having flashbacks. PTSD of the beginning of the season when we were fully healthy but couldn't close a game out. In terms of really, that was the second half thing. That was not a fourth quarter strictly thing. That was a that was a very much a third quarter thing. But I still had the feeling of we need to put them away because Miami, like Spolster's a great coach. Jimmy Butler's been awfully quiet tonight. If surely he's going to get it going in the fourth, but it didn't matter. The just really, I mean, it, again. We say this after every Magic win because shocker, this is this is the formula to win games. The Magic shoot under thirty threes, shoot twenty eight of them. They shoot at a okay clip, nine of twenty eight. But then they they outscore the Heat fifty four to thirty six in the paint. They rebound well, out rebound them forty four to thirty six. Get to the free throw line, shoot twenty eight of them. Because inevitably, this Magic team is going to miss six plus free throws in any given game, so you got to have a high volume from there. But they did all the things; they checked all the boxes, and just did this in the most magic way possible. Held the Heat to eighty-seven, their lowest scoring performance of the year. Can't say enough about this team, and the, there wasn't a time where I looked at who was on the court and was like, "I hate this lineup." I. Because I I grew to do that with the with the starting lineup that we were dealing with recently, that lineup was on the court and I was like I the bench might be better, <laughs> like this is I don't I hate this lineup. At no point tonight was I like I hate this lineup. They were just playing incredible defense. Everybody just the effort was to the extreme tonight. Jeff and David said before the game, right before tip off, there seems to be an energy on the bench with the return of Franz Wagner. And that's what happens when one of your leaders comes back. And Franz says after the game, you know, it's easy to feel like you're not part of the team as part of the team when you're injured like that. And he said, but I'm, I'm glad that they made it, you know, in a place where I felt welcome back, which none of us are surprised by that. But just all around, incredible energy tonight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I remember uh what what year was uh what year was Endgame now? I don't remember. 
I said I remember, but I don't remember the year. But I remember sitting in the theater watching Endgame and, you know, Thor, you know, it's 2019. 2019, there you go. Thor is fighting Thanos and Molnir. His, his hammer just raises up off the ground and you're like, oh my gosh, is Thanos about to, about to grab Molnir? And then you see it just fly past him and you see Captain America grab it and then Avengers assemble. That was Franz Vonner hitting that first three, baby, in the first quarter of this game. I'm like, we are back. Like, you know, you're sitting in the theater and you're like, oh, y'all about to get it now. Y'all about to get it now. And the, all the portals start opening up. Spider-Man comes swinging through like, oh, y'all going to get it. Y'all going to get it now. Franz hit I, that three. I'm like, we're back, baby. Y'all going to get it now. And you know what else was a sign that we were back? Paolo was able to have a relatively quiet 20 tonight. 20 and 10. I was like, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, wow, he had 20 and 10. That's crazy. But Paolo was just able to do his thing. and obviously having familiarity, some continuity in the starting lineup with Dell and Kel back too. He just, it just like picked up right where they left off. Right. So just was a lot of fun tonight. And Paolo, I mean, a big reason he scores 20 is three threes. Hits three threes. A lot of open ones to which Jeff said on the broadcast, he's not had many open threes here in the last since Franz Any has been open out, Yeah. Nothing came easy for Paolo. And you, we just got accustomed to like, if the Magic win, it means Paolo scored 25 plus. And he didn't have to. Once again, that was the thing as well. Like uh, the sign of a, of a up and coming good team, just genuinely very good team, is that the star doesn't have to erupt for you to win. The Magic win this game by almost 20 and nobody scored 25 plus. It was a great feeling. It's good to be it's good to be back. That lineup of Markel, Jalen, Franz, Paolo, Wendell in 19 minutes tonight had a 130 offensive rating and an 85 defensive rating, a 44.8 overall net rating. Small sample size. Like don't don't take anything from that at all. But just the numbers on its face genuinely crazy. Like awesome, awesome job by the starting lineup uh, in this one. You mentioned Paolo, 20 points, 10 rebounds, seven of fourteen from the floor, three of five from behind the arc. Franz Wagner, great game in his return, nineteen point six of thirteen from the floor, five of five at the free throw line, two rebounds, added five assists, a couple of Wagner Carta lobs or boy Wendell who had 17 and 9. A Markel 12 points, four assists, two steals, two blocks. Really good game for him. And then, you know, guys just kind of came in off the bench and, and gave a, a, a few plays here and there. Anthony Black with six points in uh, almost 14 minutes. Mo Wagner with eight points off the bench. J.I. with six, Cole with five. Just a team doing it by committee. That's that's really what what it was against Miami. And you know, as good as the the offense was at moments, the defense was just genuinely suffocating uh, for the majority of this game. So big win for the Magic, Luke. What I want to talk about now is how good Markel was, and I 
this is the thing about Markel. Like if I'm wrong about everything that we talked about the last episode, whether or not he's healthy, I, I don't think he's healthy because of the shoulder. Like we keep seeing this massive bandage and would is also accompanied by like a small little white patch. I don't know what exactly is going on there. It all seems related to the shoulder because we've seen the the jumper, right? It didn't take a single jumper tonight. Like everything was at the rim for Markel. And early in the game, like they're they're not paying any attention to Markel. Like even if the the ball is on his side of the floor, the Heat oftentimes had four or five guys actively standing in the paint, daring the magic to shoot. So I, I'm hope I hope that I'm wrong. Like I it would nothing would make me happier for this team to just play at a you know 130 plus offensive rating and an 85 defensive rating at all times. Nothing would make me happier than this starting lineup to genuinely be that good to have a almost 45 positive net rating at all times. Sign me up for that. But because of what we saw tonight, I I do think it is a matter of time until teams adjust and to say like Markel, we're not going to let you just like cut back door and get some of the the easy looks that he saw or, you know, get into the middle of the floor Somebody throws it into Markel and then he's able to facilitate. I do think it's going to be a matter of time for teams to adjust and to, to scheme. Like, hey, we're we're just going to pack the paint. Like, that's all we're going to do. We're not going to let Markel get these like backdoor cuts. And then we're we're gonna see again, like tonight, you shoot what was it, nine of twenty-eight from behind the arc, which isn't fantastic, 32%. But how many times this year have we seen the magic? especially the last couple of weeks, shoot below 30% and just nobody can buy a basket uh, from behind the arc like whatsoever. Like Franz, two of five. Paolo, you know, one of five. Jalen was one of six. But like, I, I don't think that's so far out of the shooting variance for this team. And I, I still have long-term questions about the fit with Markel Fultz and then just his level of availability. And if all he's able to do now is get to the rim, like, before we were like, okay, he can't shoot from behind the arc, but you know, twelve to fifteen feet, he's still pretty good in those areas. Like, could get to the elbow and knock down jumpers, especially closing games was huge. And if that's just not something that he's able to do consistently anymore, it, it changes the the player that he is, and it it changes the the potential that he has. In my opinion, you talked about it on the last episode, and we've talked about oh. Even if it's not here, Markel is a guy that's going to be able to start in this league for a long time. If he doesn't even have at least a mid-range jumper that is serviceable, I don't see that being the case. So as awesome as tonight was, and I'm trying not to be like too prisoner of the moment where maybe we were a little bit like, oh, the last couple of games he's been bad, so we just need him out of here. Oh, this last game he's looked awesome. Okay, everything's fine. I, I, I think we're somewhere in the middle. The Magic saying, going back to this lineup with Markel, Jalen Franz, Paolo Wendell, to me, it's like, hey, we've got two plus weeks to the trade deadline. This is the lineup we thought we were going to have at the beginning of the season. Let's get as much data as we possibly can on this. And then if we have to make like a last minute decision on, hey, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? I think they have to do what they're doing now. And if, this could not be the case. They could just be like, no, hey, this is what we want to do. This is what we want to do for the rest of the season. 
But if it were me, and I, I'm in the room, I'm listening to them say, hey, this is what we're going to do. Like To me, that's the thing that makes the most sense. Is We thought we were going to be really successful with this lineup to start the year. Let's put it back out there. Let's see what it looks like for the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games that we have between now and the trade deadline. And then they can make a decision. And I still think moving Markel is the right move at the deadline because I don't see him being the long-term answer. I don't see them re-signing him this year. So if you can get anything, because it's you know, $16, $17 million uh, or whatever is left on his contract the, the rest of the year here and, and whatever you'd have to move to, to make that work, I, I still think that you do it. Wendell makes more sense to keep because he's got multiple years left on his deal. But again, even if you can move both of those guys, I think I would still be in favor of it. You look at the shot chart, Markel Fultz against the Miami Heat. That's all you need to know. He, I don't think that's fair because he was awesome everywhere else as well. I don't think it's sure. all you need to know, but I think it is really important to look at. That's that's all I need to know. Okay. I don't care right. what else he's doing. Like if because if he it, listen, it's not like he had ten assists. He had a great game, and I hate that it is to this point where he had a great game. But I do feel like after the take and the stance I took last episode, I can't just show up and not address the good game that the great game that Markel Fultz had. He had a great game. Right? 29 minutes, 12 points, 4 assists. He had a great game, relatively speaking. But you look at the shot chart, and he took all of his points came in the restricted area. He attempted one shot from outside the restricted area in the paint, and he missed. Wasn't That's the, the, the entire dialogue that I'm going to be fighting the rest of the time is like, until, like you said, he's at least taking mid-range shots. No, because, making mid-range shots. I don't care if he's taking them. He's well, got to make gotta, them. We got to start somewhere. You got to take them to make them. Take them. Stop on a dime and hit your mid-range shot. I, I, we, we, we grew accustomed to that happening. And we'll see how it goes. I mean, now that he's in the starting lineup, I assume he's going to be that way until if he gets traded. But that's where this really comes in for me. I and, and where it should come in for everybody. I get it. There's people that are going to stick on the Markel Fultz, should be here, train, point guard of the future, whatever. I also was a big fan of Markel Fultz on the court. Let's get the that The only clear. thing, like, I, I'm sorry to jump in. The only thing good. that I ask for people that are going to like stay on like Markel Fultz is our point guard, blah, blah, blah. Please be honest when you're approaching the conversation. If you're disagreeing, do some soul searching. Is it because you just really love Markel Fultz and you are just going to disagree with everything and any logic that somebody presents to you because you love Markel Fultz? If that's the case, just tell me that and we can avoid the conversation. And if not, give me the evidence of why Markel Fultz should be the point guard of this team moving into the future. Cause I, I, that's the thing that I've lost the vision for is him being here for the next three, four years and being part of title contending teams. 
And let's be I've clear, lost my Markel Fultz dinosaur, so to speak. Well, I will reiterate just the the sheer fact that you and I have been big Markel Fultz fans. It sucks that we're to this point. But that's why I don't want people thinking like you and I are just going to do that thing that a lot of people are doing right now where it's like whichever side of the aisle you're on, whatever caters to your agenda, like we're going to, you and I are going to just present the facts. The fact was Markel Fultz was very good tonight. My heart was fluttering. It was. He, see, like he was very good I want him to, I want him to be the guy. But. For for me, everybody's got their thing, right? They that they that they want a player to be good at or whatever. For me, right now, I literally just want him to attempt a mid range shot, attempt a three pointer to let me know, like, hey, maybe I'm gonna eventually get back to what I was. We know you can facilitate relatively well for a point guard. Like for a point guard, you can facilitate, right? That's what you need to do. But if they don't even look at you on the three-point line, I don't, like in the, in, tw- in the year 2024, I don't want a guard on the court who just won't take it. And I hate that it is likely due to, to TOS. So it stinks. I feel for him in that respect. But in terms of just the, the product on the court, I would rather see Anthony Black, who still is a positive in my opinion, regardless of his role, whether it be small or not. I'd rather him see him out there because he's not detrimental to the game. It's not like in years past where like you throw a guy out there because you want him to develop and you're tanking. He's genuinely a positive in these lineups because he knows how to get it. He knows when to get out of the way when it's not his turn, but he's always going to defend his butt off. And that's what you need. Right now, when you've already got your kind of cornerstone stars, you just need a guy that knows how to get out of the way, but will shoot when the ball is given to him and let the guys do their thing and play defense at 110%. I think part of part of the issue, like when we're talking about Markel versus Anthony Black, is like there are certain things right now that Markel can do that AB just is not capable of doing yet offensively. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at like the high level finishing, some of the passes that Markel is able to make. Markel is like an enigma because he makes passes that like five percent of the guys in the NBA can make, but he's never been a guy to average more than five assists. Right. Five and a half. Like, like right. five point seven, I think, was mm-hmm. his career high a couple seasons ago. And it's it's just the weirdest thing. Like the guy is capable of making every single pass. I, I don't. I don't. I just don't. I don't know what it is. It's it's a weird thing. Like you look at his usage per, usage percentage, and the, the the passes that he's capable of making, and like his IQ, and it just feels like the guy should be able to average you know eight nine assists a game. But maybe if he just was never looking for his own offense, maybe the fact that like he is sort of always just looking to make the right play and like find his own spots. Yeah. But it's hard for me to see a guy being the future of that position for our team when he his his offense is like it, it is literally regressing. Like 
it's not efficiency. Like it's the things that he was capable of doing a year ago. It doesn't look like he's physically capable of doing those things anymore. And again, I could be totally wrong on this, but the impact that he had tonight in the way that the, that starting unit was able to play offensively and just move the ball so effortlessly and just continue to find the best shot over and over again. I don't see it being sustainable long-term with Markel in the starting lineup when like Jimmy Butler was playing like 12 feet off of Markel at all times tonight. <laughs> I, I just don't see it being sustainable. And again, I would love to be wrong, but I, there's a big part of my entire mind. My heart <laughs> wants, you know, my heart's like, maybe you're wrong. My brain's like, it just doesn't make sense how it could possibly be wrong. And he has to get back to where he was. And then at that point, it's like, I hope it doesn't happen again. <laughs> and it's like, when is it going to happen? I have no idea. But I will say, I feel like because of what I've said to this point about Markel Fultz and been a downer about him in general, I have to compliment one thing for sure. You, you noted his obviously finishing around the rim is great. Tonight he had the ball down. I don't remember if it was off a rebound, offensive rebound. I don't remember. But you're just talking about like what AB can't do right now that Markel Fultz absolutely can. Markel Fultz catches the ball. Basically, it comes to the point where like he's basically in the post. Defender on his back and just gives him one spin move and he's reversed on the other side with the land. And I was like... It was disgusting. That's just gross. Like It happened so quick. He barely had the ball in his hands and he's doing the spin and going reverse land and like made it look so easy and i was like i wish you could i wish you would i wish you could shoot again it's like a mid-range i i just wish so badly because that type of stuff is exciting and again like you said did a great job tonight we just need it to happen every night and that he can get to the room every night and uh and i don't know you you gotta have dell in there because he's a shooter if you're gonna have markel out there you need some spacing so that he can even get to the paint. So it's weird because it's like, is Markel Fultz impactful enough that we just need to help surround him with guys that can shoot? Or do we just need a guard that can not hesitate, shoot the ball, and, we don't, and can also probably get to the paint? Like, I don't know. But you just kind of got to weigh it. And um, I don't know that Markel Fultz is the guy that you would go and get guys that compliment his game just to keep him on the roster. And then the other thing I'm seeing is people are like, why would we look for trades when Markel and Wendell are so good? Just because your team is good doesn't mean you shouldn't look for ways to improve. Like the Magic are, have been plenty you know, good this year without Markel, with Markel, without Wendell, with Wendell, whatever. Just because we're good with those guys doesn't mean there's not a better version of this team with some modifications. Like, you can't tell me, let's just put Markel Fultz in a vacuum here. Current Markel Fultz and the Markel Fultz that everybody thought we were getting coming out of Washington. Don't tell me this team isn't better with like the fully realized version of Markel Fultz. And that guy's not out there. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, oh, it's simple. Just trade for. The guy that we thought Markel Fultz was going to be, because that guy doesn't exist, at least not on like the 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 trade market right now, not in a, a realistic way for the Magic, at least. But the Magic potentially could be better with 
putting more shooting around Paolo and Franz with a, a, a legitimate starting rim protector that you know Franz and, and, and Paolo and these guys could depend on behind them and a guy who is a little bit more of a rim threat. Like if Wendell's open, sure, he's going in and catching mm-hmm. a lob, but it's not really a guy that's going to be like finishing lobs over people with a lot of consistency. Are you? I've got something to add, and we can go back if you want. Or Last thing I want to say: my ultimate Christmas wish list: Jonathan Isaac to play thirty minutes a game and to be our starting center. To me, that's the best version of of that's the best possible outcome for this team. He is awesome. He is awesome. Would he play fifteen tonight? Fourteen? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe one day he'll play. 20. That to me, that would be incredible. Get but that's I don't see that happening. The, I, what I was going to say before we move on to the week ahead here. Tyus Jones had a great game tonight. Oh my gosh, are you <laughs> freaking kidding me, dude? Hey, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to make it through a whole Markel Fultz conversation without bringing up Tyus Jones, and here you can't, go. I can't, dude. I, I can't. He had thirteen assists tonight. He was three of four from three with fifteen points, one turnover. I'm done talking about him because assists. I know if I continue to talk about him, I'll be upset if, if, when, not even if, when <laughs> it doesn't happen at the deadline. And I'm, I'm urging you to give up on it because it's not going to happen. And we can be so ecstatic if it does. And there are people punching air like you guys are idiots. They, they still don't see the vision with Tyus Jones. We could be wrong on that too. I'll admit that. But Luke, you're you're gonna you're gonna set yourself up for heartbreak come uh, February eighth. I, I am I am le- I am guarding my heart to an extent, but knowing I've just got a couple more weeks of peddling this Tyus Jones agenda, and then I'm done, and it's over. No, then we then we turn our eyes to free agency because he's right. gonna be well, a free agent. It's, it's done you know, for in the moment, and I could just focus on the magic the rest of the season. But for now, I'm not lying. I'm looking at Tyus Jones stats night to night. And I like what I'm seeing. 13 assists and one turnover and three threes made. Are you kidding me? He had 15 a couple nights ago. Yeah. yeah, And like 15 zero assists, assists a couple nights ago. Zero turnovers or something crazy. I don't even on know. On the but, Wizards of all teams. Yeah, he's playing on a Imagine if he team. had Franz and Impalo to kick it to. Unbelievable. I just... Yeah. yeah. I, I Honestly, if Honest, he doesn't you know come what, though? It magic, feels like cheating on my wife what we're doing right now. Yeah, well, Markel's still on this team, bad. and we're we're lusting over yeah. Tyus Jones. I listen. I got reasons. All right, <laughs> I got reasons, and you're justifying it. Good <laughs> grief! Uh, yeah. So we'll 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 see what happens there. My other my wish with that though, before we move on, is that if Tyus Jones doesn't come to the Magic, I hope he gets somewhere else. I hope he goes to a playoff team and just some respect. So I trade can, him back to the West. Because I've got an affinity for Tyus Jones, and I want to see, uh, want to see him in the postseason with uh, the freaking high assists, low turnover games, and taking and making the threes. Yeah, producer Kevin texted us uh, while we we're recording here. Pacers lose to Phoenix one seventeen and one ten. Magic now only trail Indy and by and Miami by one game. Yeah, and Indy has a heck of a rough stretch coming up. Miami doesn't have a much easier besides this Grizzlies game coming up. So let's let's uh let's talk about the week ahead because I I mean that's a sort of a, a perfect segue. Talk about the mm-hmm. magic schedule this week. 
So Monday, if you're listening to this Monday, the Magic play at home versus the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. I tip off at 7 o'clock. And then they're off Tuesday, Wednesday, guessing they'll travel Thursday to Memphis, and they'll play them on Friday. Uh, Friday at Memphis, tip off at 8 o'clock. And then you come home probably Friday night after that game. You're off Saturday. And then you've got the Phoenix Suns at home. Luke, what is your prediction for the Magic this week in those three games? I'm conflicted because this Franz Wagner comes back. We're back. We're 3-0. and We're back. We're going 3-0 and this week. Listen, Good vibes. The reason I am conflicted about this Cavs game is because I don't know. Because Mosley said, when asked about Franz, Franz is playing, Wagner, bro. He said, we'll see how Franz he, is playing. If they're thinking like we rest him or he's just not ready to go for the Cavs game, he's got a, he's got a whatever, three, four day wait till that game. They got Friday. eight games to evaluate this starting lineup. Franz is playing. I hope he does. This is with the caveat that Franz Wagner is playing. This team is healthy. These three games. Oof. I'm going to say you go two and one. I'm going to say you beat the Cavs, you beat the Grizzlies. I'm going conservative here and that you drop one to the Suns on Sunday for the early tip. So there's no like scheduling disadvantages here besides the, the back-to-back for Orlando. No game. No, no, the, the Grizzlies aren't coming off a of back-to-back. The Suns aren't coming off a of back-to-back. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the Magic go two and one. They've got a lot of travel, though, this week. They're in Dallas Wednesday. They're in Indiana on Friday. Then it's a back-to-back, a Florida back-to-back, uh, Orlando on Sunday, Mon- and then Monday they're in Miami. So I don't know. It was uh, you know, close-ish last time that we played Phoenix with all of those guys, you know, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, KD, all of those guys getting going. They won five in a row. And they're seven and three in their last ten. Mm-hmm. Seems like they're starting to, you know, figure some things out. But the last couple of games, they've got a Durant forty ball tonight and Friday. Booker dropped fifty two on the Pelicans. So maybe we get lucky. Those guys sort of cool off. We need it Cleveland just feels like to cool Magic got to essentially Cleveland's ripped off seven straight. They're the effectively the hottest team in basketball. And then you play the second hottest team in basketball next Sunday. They're due due to cool off. That's that's yeah. how I feel. And then Memphis, yeah. obviously, you know, no John Morant and their season's really, you know, just falling apart. They're five and five in their last ten losers of two in a row. Taking a look at their schedule this week. Monday at Toronto, Wednesday at Miami, then home on Friday against the Magic. Yeah. And um, blown out last two games against Minnesota and Chicago. Here's an, uh, one one other thing I'll add, Jonathan. If the Magic do, in fact, go 3-0, and was that your prediction? Yeah, that's my heart, but yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, of course. If the Magic go 3-0 and this week, that would mean that they had won four in a row. And that means on Sunday's episode, after we record after the Suns game, I, I will promise... You said five in a row. I Listen, I'm, I'm getting said five in a row for the shirt. It's five in a if row. If you want to bring your nipples out, just say that, bro. Don't try to blame the win streak. I don't know. We'll have to see how I feel. Game time decision on Sunday after we win that game against Phoenix. 
the shirt could be off just because I was in the depth of despair. That's wild. and then and then now we're back. You're going to premature no shirtulation there. Yeah, because I just don't know that I'm going to get the chance the next time because the Mavs game's off a of back to back. I just don't want to risk it. It would be awesome. How awesome would it be though? If we've you got a we got a stretch in in uh the end of February that could be you know no shirts at Detroit what? at Atlanta home for Brooklyn home for Utah home for Detroit at Charlotte yeah. at Washington like I'll save it for a five no I'll save it for a five plus win streak. What I will also say there though is that through January, if you went out in January because let's say you beat the Suns and you play the Mavs on a back to back, you beat the Mavs and you play the Spurs the end of the month. Last game, last day of the month, you, the Magic could see themselves on a six-game win streak at that point. That Mavs game's the biggest question mark, obviously. Going off that back-to-back could be rough. But maybe I save it for Wednesday's episode against the Spurs, January 31st. Maybe that's well, when. Let's, um, let's, let's talk about this a little bit. So our last episode came after that. Atlanta loss and this this is a thick episode Kevin is not happy with us at the moment (laughs) this is the last thing I promise and then we'll go ahead and wrap up after the Atlanta game we looked at the last one two three four five six seven games of January and we said you have to win you have to go four and three to you know be above 500 so now that we've got Franz back we've already got the Miami win under our belt Cleveland Memphis Phoenix Dallas San Antonio I feel like you have to win at Memphis and at San Antonio. Like those have to be wins. So that gives us three. And then you just have to find a way to be either Cleveland, Memphis, Phoenix, or Dallas. I'm sorry, Cleveland, Phoenix, or Dallas. Not we talked about Memphis. Cleveland, Phoenix, Dallas. You have to find a way to win one of those games. Just take care of that game against Cleveland tonight as you guys are listening to this. If the Magic are able you know, to, to get one, two, three, four, five. If the Magic are able to get three out of the next five, they'll be sitting at 26 and 22 to end January. Four games over 500. And then again, like the, the schedule lightens up and you can go on a run. Yep. Stay healthy, go on a run, go Magic. Get the wins, baby. Get the wins. All right, folks. That is going to do it for this one. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.